If you would, turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans and um, the fourth chapter. I'm going to preach today. Now, none, none of these scriptures are unfamiliar to you that have been here in the church for a while and uh, uh, might be new for some folks. But anyway, I want you to, to see um, managing faith in crisis. Amen. Yeah, anybody ever had a crisis? You know, um, Kenneth Hagin used to say, the crisis of life comes to everybody, and I would rebuke him under my breath when he would say that. He'd say, now here's, here's the father of the modern day faith movement declaring that, you know, the crisis of life comes to everyone. There's going to be times when you're really going to have to use your faith. I mean, that's all you've got that you can see. Amen. You know, if we can solve our own problems, we solve them. You know, if you, if you, if you need to pay a bill, you have money to pay it, you pay the bill. If you, if you have a need, you, you supply it. If you're hungry, you stop and eat or you make a sandwich or whatever. And, um, and so this is what we, we do. But some, have you ever had needs that were beyond your resources? Have you ha- ever had a healing that you needed that, that, medicine and doctors couldn't fix have you ever had uh, a financial need that your bank account and 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 your resources didn't cover and and uh or you've got a a relationship problem with somebody that needs fixing and you you've said all the nice things you can say and uh, done everything that you know to do and it's still not fixed and so this is the times that we really need to stand on the word and believe God and believe that something beyond ourselves, someone beyond ourselves is working on our behalf. Amen. And I just had a thought sitting there before uh, my beautiful wife uh, introduced me, and that was that faith, your faith, doesn't know that it's a crisis. Isn't that a beautiful thought? I thought, you know, your faith is not in alarm mode, a blue blue light, whatever, and the blue lights, the bubble lights, you know, that nobody wants to see behind their car as you're speeding down US 19 or whatever. But uh, um, I, I thought about that. I thought, you know, our faith which is substance from God, is not moved. Really, our faith itself is not moved by the circumstances. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And so if you can stay in faith, and, and I'm going to show you an easy way to do that today, uh, not, not complicated, not 19 steps to working faith, just one or two things <laughs> to keep in mind. So we do, we live in the faith of Jesus, but it's something that we possess as believers. I think there's a, some folks think that if you preach on faith a little bit, that you've abandoned grace somehow, and that's ridiculous. Uh, uh, Ephesians 2.8, which is one of our banner scriptures, says that we're saved by grace through faith. Amen? So it is the faith of Jesus that we're using. It is his spirit that lives and breathes and works within us and all those things. But it's something that we possess as a tool that we can use. It's not dead works. It doesn't become dead works because you're believing God. 
because you're praising the Lord in faith, praising him for things that you don't yet see, praising him for something that seems to you ever had a one of those uh, head calls that you call a hanger honor? It just hangs. I call them a hanger honor. You ever had one of those or a cough that's a hanger honor? It just doesn't want to go. Well, we've all maybe experienced that in some way. But praise God, today we can we can know that that uh, uh, faith will plow through that and work through it, and eventually, you know, you'll see a change. And uh, sometimes things are instant, and you see an instant change. And sometimes it's overnight. Sometimes it's answered in ways that you didn't imagine or thought that, you know, if you were answering it, what you would do. But, you know, praise God. Somebody said one time, a Jamaican guy that I know said, if if you, if somebody that's supposed to be helping you that's not or whatever, uh, if you're turned off, God's still on. Amen. <laughs> They say, they say that in Jamaica. If you're, if you're off, God's on. And thank God, God's always on. And His love and His mercy, God is working. Your goodness, what we saying that, your goodness is running after me. I'm not trying to chase down a blessing. See, that is when you get into dead works. That is when you're trying to use your faith for something that's already been provided. Our health and our, uh, our prosperity and um, and our answers and our success in life has already been given to us. We always say at Calvary, at Calvary it was ratified and finished by Jesus, but this has been in the works from the foundation of the earth. Amen. From the beginning, it was God's will to bless us. Somebody said one time, well, what does the will of God look like in the Bible? And it looks like the Garden of Eden. That's what it looks like. That was God's will. Can you imagine the first home that God provided for his first man and woman that he created, who is our father and mother of all of us, the first humans, amen, Adam and Eve. He he didn't put them in a hard place, you know, out on the dirt with a few rocks to dig around and, you know, find a grub worm to eat or something. No, he um, he actually put them in a garden where everything was provided. And, and from the description of, in the word, it just looks heaven on earth. I mean, he, he gave them heaven. God's not creating living hells. So if you're going through living hell, it's not God that's pr- providing that for you. <laughs> Amen. He's got something better. Preach, pastor. Okay, I'll lay hands on myself and fall out. <laughs> there was a girl at Rama that said that she stood up in the Bible school at the prayer meeting and she said, I got so anointed last night in my apartment. I laid hands on myself and passed out, you know, oh my God, that is powerful, isn't it? I don't think I've experienced that yet, but you know, there's first time for everything. Romans 4:17 is talking about the faith of Abraham and and we've always I heard one guy rebuking me a few years ago saying the way you preach you think everybody's got the level of faith of Abraham that's 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 not true and I thought well that's the lowest level is Abraham's faith and I'm going to show you why that everybody does have the faith of Abraham there's not there's only one faith there's not like a you know, grab bag variety of, of faith. 
Same with grace. You know, they get into this argument over, well, there's grace for salvation, and then there's grace for living, and then there's grace for that, and grace. No, there's only one grace, and his name is Jesus. (laughs) Grace is another name for Jesus. He was the propitiation for our sins. He is the price exacted and paid for. Amen. And God's not standing back here with a report card trying to give you check marks, you know, for good behavior and minus marks for bad behavior. That is not the character of God. But it's what the church has presented in many cases for that. And so it's all on us now. He He saved us and now the race is on and you got to see how well you run it. That is not scriptural for the New Testament. And really never was, to be honest, for the old. It really wasn't the standard that God made for Israel was that law. His first relationship with those people was covenant, and it's all he ever wanted. They're the ones that begged for a king and begged for laws. That wasn't God's idea. (laughs) And that's why he said in the word Old and New Testament, he takes no pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices. So if you think today that you're suffering for the glory of God, you're just wrong. You know, like a basketball game where they hit the penalty button, you know. That was my demonstration of the penalty button. You know. So, you know how uh, they've got this um, Office Depot has um, or Staples has this this big red button you can buy, you know, that's the, the answer for everything or whatever. We need a cancellation button for ourselves that when we start thinking, you know, wrong and we start talking wrong and we start acting wrong in accordance to what the word, uh, in opposition of what the word says, we need to hit that cancel button, amen, and say that's canceled, that debt's canceled, that, that uh, sickness is canceled. This discouragement, I'm telling you what, there is no reason to live life full of anxiety and fear and depression and oppression and and um, stress. They say uh, that, uh, the, you know, the medical world says that really almost all sickness, the cause is stress. It starts stressing out systems and and causes chemical imbalances and all kinds of things. And so if we can, we can literally live our lives stress free, but it's going to take some, um, thought to do it. Amen. Because we start freaking out and we're thinking, well, this is normal. Who wouldn't freak out in, under these circumstances? And it's like, stop it <laughs> in Jesus name. Is he ever going to read the scripture? This is the question. Romans 4.17, as it is written, that's important that it's written, amen. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Well, that's a habit that we need to get into. Again, not dead works, but just agreeing with the scripture. I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. Amen. I call my bank account full. I call my bills paid. I call 
my home peaceful. I call my body healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I call peace in my marriage and in my, in my relationships. And you begin to call it like the, like God sees it through the finished work of, he sees, he sees, he sees us completed and finished. And we need to walk around like we are. That doesn't mean prideful or arrogant or haughty or conceited. But it does mean that we are confident in this very thing that he, that he who has started a good work in you shall complete it. Amen. So I'm walking by faith that I'm completed. <laughs> well, brother pastor, let me just point out a few things I've seen about you that's not so completed. Okay, fine. Well, whatever the problems are, they are completed in Jesus' name. And I'm a more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I want to, you know, my job, and I've told you this before, my main job as pastor, according to the word, is to feed the sheep. Amen. So every Sunday I want to, I want to, you know, food time for us and for, you know, sheep and, dogs, cats, everybody, is food time. You know, you just, my my little cat, Lucy, you just shake that treat box and she'll come running from another state nearly to attack you and eat them. And it's food time. And the dog's the same way. You shake the little bag and here comes Blanche, our Frenchie, <laughs> running Running for the food bowl and looking at it. If it's not food in it, she looks at you like, what's the deal? What's going on here? Something's off. You better put some food in there or I'm going to do something you're going to regret, you know. And, uh, right? And, and so feeding the sheep, you know, it should be a pleasure to come to church and, and feel like that when you leave that you're improved in some way. Uh, in your heart and in, and in your mind and you're, and you're looking forward to Monday instead of Karen Carpenter Monday. Remember that rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Don't confess that. Don't sing that. <laughs> Nothing gets me down. I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like singing Karen Carpenter's song. I like Karen Carpenter's voice, but I don't like those words. Praise the Lord. Anyway, I love this part. You could just preach a whole message just on that one verse, calling those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. Say, well, isn't that kind of like lying? No, it's not lying. You're just declaring over the different parts of your life. You are declaring what the Word says. And we do that when things are going good, and we do that when things ain't going so hot. All right, let's keep reading here. I got so many verses today, it's pathetic. Calling those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope. In other words, the, the odds were against him. That he might become the father of many nations. Uh, notice, according to that which was spoken, not, and so so shall thy seed be. We would say according to that which was written. Because we believe that the canon of Scripture is complete. Amen. And you, we're not going to add to it or take away. But, so if it's if it's been spoken and, and, and it's something that 
pertains to our life, it's written in this word. And so I like to read that according to that which is written, so shall thy seed be. Hallelujah. It's written. It cannot be changed. Paul said that in Galatians, remember? In chapter 3, he said, "This I'm speaking just as a in re- reference to a human will. It cannot be changed. Once it's ratified and once the person that wrote it has died, you can't change it. And that is the truth. Amen? And so... This is God's will. It's written for me. It's written for you. We have it. It belongs to us. And we're just speaking in accordance to what that says. Really, crisis faith, faith for a crisis, is no different than faith, regular, everyday faith. It's the same faith. And if you can stay even keel in your mouth, your your confession, and in your heart and what you're believing and what you're thinking, if you can keep that pretty even keel and just go about your life as best as you can while your faith is working, not while it's not, well, it's not working, Pastor. Well, you want me to agree with you? Let's get three or four of us to agree that it's not working. No, (laughs) it's ridiculous. Amen. It is working, and we agree that it's working. Praise God. We used to sing that little song David Ingalls wrote, The Word is Working Mightily in Me. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word is working mightily in me. Amen. Working in my home, working in my church, working in in my finances. Amen. In my body, in my health. Amen. So it says, being not weak in faith, notice the key word is not, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, what was his faith? What was his faith? What was he believing? Was he, was he believing strongly for this baby to be manifested or whatever? Not necessarily. Let me show you what he was believing, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. See, that's not so hard to believe when you think about it. Again, back to the thing of, well, Brother David, not everybody has the faith of Abraham. That's the easiest faith to have because how many believe that God exists and believe that God is who he says he is? God is God. God is real. Amen. And so if God, how many believe God is, is more powerful than people? <laughs> he's, he's above all and in all. Amen. And, and is our all in all. And so if God said it, he's obviously able to do what he said. And that's what Abraham, I love this and I, I, I get excited over it, that that's what Abraham had faith in. Uh, my faith is not in the particular thing I'm claiming, but my faith is in the fact that God said it, he's doing it. God is able to do what he said he would do. That's what I'm fully persuaded about. And if you'll take your prayers for what you need over to that area, you'll find it easier to stay in faith. Um, you know, instead of, um, well, I'm believing against this diagnosis or I'm believing against this prognosis, I'm believing against what I'm, you know, reading here. Instead, I'm believing that God is God and he can do what he said. Or he wouldn't have, shouldn't have said it. 
if he's over-representing himself, then that's bad. But he's not. He's all-powerful. Glory to God today. So see, being fully persuaded. So notice he was strong in faith. And what did he do to show that he was strong in faith? And some of you already know the answer to this. Giving glory to God. I preach this about twice a year because we need it about twice. We need it every day, really. Giving glory to God. Well, well, what about your finances? Glory to God. <laughs> well, what about, what about your, your health and healing? Glory to God. What about what the doctor said? Glory to God. I'm not giving glory to God for the bad news or the bad report or the, the dark side of it, but I'm giving glory to God that what God has promised me, he's able to perform. You hide and watch, and you'll see the goodness of God demonstrated in in my life. Amen. And that's what we need to all be saying. Don't you love that? What he had promised, he was able to perform. That's where his faith was. So, That means anything and everything that God said about you is coming to pass, including babies at 90 and 100. I can't imagine. uh, I mean, my hat's off to you young couples that have children and your energy. You better thank God that you're young enough to have the energy to go with it because uh, (laughs) I look at... Children running around, amen. You look at children running around and you think, oh, my God, they make me tired just looking at them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love having children around, though, amen. It's, it reminds us so life goes on. But uh, praise God, you know, it takes some energy to do, to, to do that. And for uh, Abraham to even be in agreement with this, I'm not sure that would be a great encouraging word from the Lord. David and Scarlet, you're going to have a child. No, Lord. Lord, what have I done to deserve <laughs> to deserve this? <laughs> Great honor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. I'm kidding. All right. Now look at, kind of, look at 1 Samuel 30. Remember what? What's one way that you can show, um, what's one way that you can show great faith? And it says, or strong, strength in faith, strong in faith. What's one way you can do that? It's by just saying glory to God. Somebody can ask you, so how's that problem solving thing coming along for you? And you can say, Glory to God. <laughs> All I got to say is glory to God. What God has promised, he's able to perform. You hide and watch. Well, the one thing I was counting on didn't come through. Oh, wow. So the Lord's done with you now, that one thing. Like a, one preacher said, he's got a million ways to deliver you that you've never even imagined. <laughs> I believe that. If God be for us, who can be against us? Okay, real quick, I think I've got a few minutes left here. 
to present these scriptures to you as well. I hope you're marking this or remembering it. First uh, Samuel 30, verse 1. This is called What to Do on the Worst Day of Your Life. I'm kind of combining two, two messages because I think it's pertinent to Does this relate to anybody where you're at right now with some, <laughs> some kind of thing? All right, First Samuel 30, it came to pass when David, this is called What to Do on the Worst Day of Your Life. <laughs> when David and his men were coming to Ziklag, what a horrible name for a town. On the third day, I mean, what are the residents called, Ziklagians or Lackians? I don't know, Lagians. All right, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. That's not a good day. And had taken the women captives that there were in. They slew not any, neither great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, uh, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were all taken captives. How many can can agree that's a bad day? That's a bad day. David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now, you notice that right there. Um, fine. You know, sometimes you get bad news and it causes you to cry and say, I can't believe I'm in this condition. I can't believe I'm going through this. I can't believe this is happening. But, you know, I always say, well, just get it out of your system like David did. You could cry till you have no more power to weep. And you still got your problem. <laughs> and you still got to do something about it. What are we going to do? And so there's a lot of scripture here. I'm not going to preach the whole message, but I just wanted you to see parts of it. If you look at uh, um, the latter part of verse 6, I mean, poor David, you know, he's the leader. And he's they're talking about stoning him. It's like, well, let's kill the leader. Obviously, he's done something wrong here. <laughs> um, David encouraged himself in the Lord, his, his, his God. I wanted you to see that, that the first thing David did after he, I guess, got out of denial and stopped crying that this had actually happened, Sometimes we're like that, like, I can't believe this has happened to us. I can't believe this is going on. But you'll notice here that David, uh, the first thing he did after he stopped crying and blowing his nose is that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, it's good to, if you're going to go into a battle, go into a fight, it's good to be encouraged in the Lord. (laughs) And you say, well, I hope that the pastor has a special word for me, or they sing that one song that always excites me, or whatever. Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't depend on somebody else's prayer, somebody else's word. Encourage yourself. All right. I got a lot of shouting, but that's good. We need to do that. I'm reminding myself today of that. How about you? And how do you how do you encourage anybody else too if you're not encouraged yourself? You got to encourage yourself in the Lord. So anyway, uh, the next thing David did after they brought the ephod and 
the 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 items that he used for prayer. Notice uh, in, in that day. Notice in verse eight it says David inquired at the Lord, saying, "Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them?" And the Lord answered, "Pursue, for thou surely will overtake them." And without fail, recover all. That was the word he got from the Lord. And I'm telling you, that is the word of the Lord today. Is you will, if something you feel like you're being stolen from or something, you will recover all of it. But you'll notice that he encouraged himself in the Lord and then he inquired of the Lord. He didn't inquire before he first encouraged. And sometimes our prayer, right off the, you know, right off the, out of the gate, as they say, is, oh Lord, what should I do? Oh, I don't know what to do. Give me direction. I need direction. But, um, and you're not in any shape to receive direction because you're not in faith. You're not encouraged. You're just, you're down in the dumps and you're in fear and upset and maybe rightfully so. There's some news that we receive that's not very exciting, but you know what? If you can just get over that long enough to be encouraged in the Lord. Say, Lord, I know this looks bad. It tastes bad, smells bad, <laughs> feels bad. But I'll tell you, I'm encouraged in the Lord. I'm, Lord, I know you're for me. I know that you're on my side. I know you're trying to help me and put me over today. And say that and declare that. And... uh then you can ask the Lord, what do I do? How many believe he's, no, how many believe today that he knows what to do? Is your problem stumping heaven? They're having an emergency security council meeting up there and the Holy Spirit saying to Jesus, I didn't know anything about this. And, you know, we're the, the reporting angel. We caught him, you know. Out back smoking a cigarette and he wasn't giving us the information. I mean, come on, right? This is not the deal. Nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing. And it really doesn't have to take us by surprise. You know, sometimes things happen and we think, you know what? I'm not that surprised at that. How, how come? Well, the Holy Spirit was already preparing your heart for uh, something that was coming at you. We live in a fallen world. Things happen. The devil's against you and wants to discourage you. So praise God. My point is, the Lord has the answer, knows what to do. Amen. Now, I want you to look down. Now, we're going to jump all the way down to verse 18 because it talks about the battle and what happened. But the important part is here. Remember, the Lord told him, you'll, you'll recover all of it. Look at verse 18, and David recovered all. <laughs> David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them. I love that, verse 19. There was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great nor sons nor daughters nor spoil or anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Nothing lacking to them. You know what the next thing? You say, well, this is as bad as it can get. Well, you know what's coming next? You're going to recover all, and you're going to be with nothing lacking. I love that. In verse 20, we have to read verse 20. David took all the flocks and the herds 
and, and the dray before those other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. He got punitive damages on top of it. He, he not only recovered all, he took back some of that, that they had, um, it really didn't belong to him, but he took it anyway as uh, punitive damages. This was the first Jewish attorney. David. <laughs> he knew how to sue him <laughs> and get something back. So praise God. That's an encouragement, isn't it? And I always say double for trouble. I mean, you know, it's punitive damages. The devil tries to attack you and eat you up and spit you out. You say, you know what? I'm going to get back everything you're trying to steal plus extra for your trouble. Hallelujah. I get a little Pentecostal. Be careful. I might run the aisle. I'm not going to walk on the backs of the seats, though, because, as you all know, that ended not so well one time. About broke my neck. (laughs) Yeah, you learn by doing. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, you know what? I believe this is what we're going to do today in our lives and in our private prayer time and in corporate prayer time. We're going to do all these things. We're going to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Then we're going to go a little deeper and inquire of the Lord what to do, and the Lord will tell us what to do. And we do that thing, and we will recover all that the enemy's trying to take. Let's pray. We'll end the service uh, right now, but I want to pray for those that are watching by internet and uh, give you uh, an opportunity to, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, to make Him the Lord of your life today by just saying, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that uh, you died on the cross and paid the price for my sins, became the price for my sin. And I thank you that God raised Jesus from the dead, and I believe that He is the resurrected Christ. And I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. And that's all you have to pray. And you pray whatever you have on your heart to the Lord with that. And uh, and make a commitment to God today. Amen. And those that need healing in the name of Jesus, and if you're in the auditorium you need healing, put your hand where you're suffering, wherever you have a need. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for your healing t- touch, your healing power. Be healed today from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths and and spots and places that aren't healthy cells to disappear and dry up and die in Jesus' name. Those who have heart blockages and, and circulatory issues, be free and be clear today in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you today. Those that are tormented in their mind and dealing with mental health issues in Jesus' name, Lord, or addictions, I thank you for freedom today. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for touching them and helping them in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise today. Those that have material and financial needs, I thank you that you show yourself strong to them. This week, Lord, we thank you for raises. We thank you for business opportunities. We thank you for investment opportunities. We thank you, Lord, those that have invested, that those uh, things that have been invested comes back to them in abundance in Jesus' name. Surprises everyone. Father, we give you glory and honor and praise today for your abundance and the abundant life in Christ. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank him one more time today for his goodness and for his mercy and for his grace. Amen. All the blessings of heaven are yea and amen in Christ today. Amen. Praise the Lord.